Hey, everybody, we are back. This is Jay here with Cecil. Um, interesting enough, <laughs> some stuff happened. <laughs> and because of that, we are actually recording the bonus show a week later after we recorded the, the first full thing. And, and I'm, I'm saying that because this is going to be what I'm hoping a little bit longer and a little bit more in depth because we're coming in fresh. We haven't been talking for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before. Well, we kind of <laughs> right. were, but we were, right. we were talking about some other stuff, which was fine, but we are, we're coming in fresh. We're coming in hot, but Cecil, you know, the rules we've already talked about this. This is your show. I am your guest to, to be grilled and to, to really just, dive into whatever it is you want to talk about. So I'm going to, I'm going to yield to you and let you uh, do your thing. This is interesting because I've, I haven't taken over someone else's podcast before. So this is a new experience, man. I'm kind of interested to see how, how this goes. And I'm also interested to see how you, the folks that are listening to us right now feel about this. Um, but anyway, if you haven't listened to the prior episode before you're listening to this, my name is Cecil Phillip. I am a cloud advocate at Microsoft. And today I'm going to be asking all the questions. So my first question to you, Jay, would be, yeah, I'm always really curious about how folks get into the world of technology and not only like how they got into it, but like why. So could you tell me just, you know, really briefly, like how and why did you decide to get into this field? So I'm going to, I've, I've told a bunch of people the story about like my grandfather making me take apart compute, well, letting me take apart computers as long as I put them back. So I'm, I'm going to skip all of that. Uh, my grandfather was a huge inspiration to me, was into computing. He was into mathematics and I was always around that, but I'm going to jump into post military. Uh, after I got out of the military, I became a system administrator and I was one that was always like, this is the dumbest way to do a thing. <laughs> like if I, if I saw it, I was just like, why are we doing this? This is dumb. <laughs> and they would be like, this is how we did it. You know, this is the process. You just follow the process. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's fine. There's a process, but we don't have to do it step by step by hand. We can automate a bunch of this stuff. Yeah. And they were like, you know, the, the company I was with, they were, old school company they're using like ibm mainframes and like coding in rpg which i still don't know what that acronym is um but it is it was very hard to get them to think about doing any type of automation or scripting so i was like all right well if our programmers aren't going to do it then I'll just learn how to do it. And the worst case is I'll get fired. So, <laughs> right. uh, at that point I was just like, all right, PowerShell, let's do this. I'm, I'm on a, a PC. Like what's the worst that could happen? I'm on right. PowerShell active directory, like get AD users. Let's do all that. So then I realized that like way, way, way back in the day, I used to do like websites and stuff, just like straight up HTML, CSS and like basic JavaScript, like in 2008, I started realizing that a lot of the stuff that I had done back then was very similar to the PowerShell that I was writing. And once they were like, Hey, we got this website. It's like an intranet site. We need help with it. It's in PHP. Can you just look at it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I take a look at it. And I mean, it's, it's like a credit application form. So I really hope that I got it right. Otherwise, some people might have been messed up, but ultimately they just needed some information updated in the form. I didn't really have to touch any of the, the dangerous stuff, but I go in and I'm just fascinated with, with the look of it. Uh, I will tell you now, I am not a PHP developer. <laughs> so. But I, I just love the idea that I could write words and, and numbers and, and put some symbols in between and get engagement, get activity. Like, I, I think that's the thing that, you know, when someone thinks of, oh, you know, I, I use Swift to build a, an app or I use, you know, .NET to, to do .NET things or WinForms and all that stuff. At the end of the day, it was like, it just dawned on me, like, I'm not just talking to the computer. I can guide the computer. I can like 
hold its hand and move it in the direction that I want it to go. And that's like the poetic, uh, I guess, description of why I was like, okay, I want to dive into this. So after that, I learned Ruby and then I did the free code camp thing, by the way. I know we were talking about that earlier. Right. So free code camp Ruby got through it. And they were like, all right, now you know Ruby, let's learn Ruby on Rails. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I just, I just learned all this Ruby stuff. I don't, we're done, right? <laughs> and it's like, nah, <laughs> we're just, we're just getting started. I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And then, um, I think a mutual friend of ours, Saran, uh, Saran Yabarik decided that she was going to start a Python meetup through her organization code newbie. And at that point, like I had seen Python before, I was like, ah, you know, okay, this is kind of interesting. I don't know what it's really used for or whatever, but I jump into the first Python Thursday meetup. And in that we're talking, we're like trying to figure out code. Half of us have no idea what Python's about. We're just learning. We're just trying to get stuff installed. And at the end, we've shared all these links and I'm like, I want to save all these links. And that was the day I wrote my first like, Python, real, real, real Python script that like parsed regu- using regular expressions. It searched the chat line, looked for URLs, and then just gave me back a list. And at that point, I was hooked. I was like, all right, this is it right here. This is, this is what I want to do because I can, I can take something that was so valuable to me, condense it into something that I can now share with everybody. Right. And at that point, I was like, yeah. I, I knew about developers. I knew about all that stuff, but I think that was the moment where I was like, I want to do this. You know what I think is really powerful about that story is I think there's a difference when you learn because it's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote. And when you learn because you, you have a genuine problem that you want to solve and a genuine passion to solve that problem. Right? So, so what do I mean? So, I know a lot of folks, particularly today, are like, hey, I want to go learn computer science because it's the hot, cool thing that everyone's talking about. And I want to go because I heard that developers make a lot of money. Right. But other than that, like, there's no other motivation. Right. Like, I want a job. I want to make money. I hear this computer science thing is easier than becoming a doctor. (laughs) So let me go and do this thing (laughs) and see what happens. Right. And then there's the folks that are like, I have a a problem I want to solve or a puzzle I want to, you know, go through. And I, it's about something I genuinely care about, right? Like, so kind of like what you said, like you, you, you were engaged and cared about the information that was inside of that chat room. So now mm-hmm. you, you have a problem. And so now you look for a tool to help you solve that problem. And, you know, obviously software engineering and a little bit of Python helped you do that. And I, and, and that's very, that's very different from what a lot of, what a lot of people do, right? Like learning through passion is always a great way because I think, that's how you continue. You know what I mean? Like if, if I just go and say, Hey, I'm going to do computer science and whatever happens, happens, right? Like you technically haven't even started yet. Right. Because you still don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Like you have no direction other than like your courses and the books that they give you that, you know, this is my required course list, right. Or my electives or whatever the case is. Right. But when you say, Hey, I have, a company that has this problem, or I have a group of folks that have this problem. I have a business that has this problem. Oh, me, myself have this problem and I'm going to find a solution to it. Right. And so now after you've found that solution, what are the chances that you're probably going to keep writing, you know, in whatever language that is, or, you know, continuingly to continue to find better ways to solve that. It's probably a little bit higher, right? Because it's something that you care about. Right. So again, this is, this is, I'm kind of blabbing on now, but like, this is really what I want a lot of folks to really try and focus on. You know, like let's, let's not just be, Hey, I want to be in computer science. Let's actually have intent, right? Like these are problems I want to work on. These are the things I want to try and solve. And let's kind of focus on moving forward and doing those type of things. So I think that's really important. Um, another thing on the side too, just as a quick side note. So I did look up what um, RPG stands for, right? I went on Wikipedia and I found it because, you know, Wikipedia is the source of all information on the world. <laughs> and it says it is the reports program generator. And according to Wikipedia, again, this last stable release was in 2014 and it is in version four. So there you go. Actually, I'm lying. It's not version four. It's 
RPG 4 version 7. So, you know. When, when was it created? Uh, it was first created in 1959. So it's okay. a lot older than the both of us, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's very, very old. I mean, that's, that, that was one of the things, you know, one of the things you, you were just talking about, like solving problems. Yeah. I don't write, I don't say that I won't write code that doesn't solve a problem that I have, but I will say the, the majority of the code that I have written has been done to solve a problem that I've had. Yeah. And I don't, go looking <laughs> like i'm not like hey what what can i write a script for next it's it's usually like i'm doing a thing the thing is frustrating me or i'm about to do a thing and i'm like uh i really don't want to do this I, I i think raymond hedinger he has like a thing where it's like he always goes and he's like there has to be a better way and it's like yes absolutely there has to be a better way and 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 iterating and and doing what you know to do that first uh little program thing that I made, eventually I turned it into like a Flask application and it's nowhere on the internet now. Um thank goodness. That's <laughs> buggy. That's funny. <laughs> but you go to certain websites, it just crashed the whole thing. I'm like, oh, all right, well, that ain't it. But I mean it was it became a thing that I actually used for my podcast. Because what would happen is I would be, I'd be talking and, or I'd, I'd ask a question and, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing Cecil and Cecil's talking about, you know, all of this cool stuff. And he mentions a website and all I do is I just quickly just enter the name of the site, just enter the name of the site and that's it. Um, later on, I'll go to Google. I'll grab a link or I'll do like you did real quick. I'll just type it into Google real quick, grab whatever the first link is and then save it. And then afterwards, I would export that file, load it in there, and then it would give me back a list of my links. And then I would add some markdowns to the top and the bottom. And then I'd have it generate an HTML file for me that is my show notes. And I called it show noter, which was kind of the idea. Hmm, that's interesting. All right. So it was like having... T- oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't. I thought you were finished. But you, know, you go ahead and finish your thought, and then I'll come with the next question. It, it, was, it was like the idea of, of chaining... Like I have an initial problem that I've already solved. The next step in that problem can also be solved. And then kind of continuing down that road. I, I never would have learned about like Flask or Django or web or designing web frameworks had I not had the desire to be like, let me take this to an, the, whatever the logical next step is. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a couple of things to, to unpack there because a common question I always get, and, and you know, we we kind of sort of talked a little bit about it before, was like, how do I get past the beginner stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and as you're talking, like, I'm just thinking in my head, well, well, what does that even mean, right? And why would I want to get past the beginner stage? Like, like, what do you, what what do we consider to be a beginner stage, right? And 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 here and hear me out. Here's why I ask the question. Because if you're solving problems. If you're solving problems for you, problems that you care about, and then you're constantly learning, right? And probably every time you solve a different problem, you learn something new all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like your self-education, right? But like, but like, does that does that make you a senior or a intermediate? You know what I mean? Or are you still a junior because now you're, you know, like your focus is like solving different problems and just making sure that they work and you solve them well. You know what I mean? Or if we think about another set of folks that are like, hey, I want to be the best C-sharp programmer. I want to be the best Java programmer. And I'm going to read all the reference material. I'm going to learn the language top to bottom. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be able to recite standards and RFCs and blah, 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 protocols and all this stuff. And so for some folks that might be, oh, wow, this person is very knowledgeable. Theoretically, right? <laughs> this person is very knowledgeable and they can do a yeah. lot of stuff. Does that make them a senior programmer? You see what I'm saying? So, like, I, I look at those as very different experiences. And I think they're both good experiences to have. But then you can't really measure them on the same plane, can you? I think with that, like, to me, a good example of this, 
I, I, I love mentorship. Yeah. I think as someone who has both been a mentor and a mentee, I think you have to be a men, you know, you have to be the mentee before you can be a good mentor, in my opinion. But, yeah. um, I have learned that seniority often comes through the experience of knowing when is the right time for a thing. Right. I, I think there are what we would call like bookworms, you know, mm-hmm. They can tell you every single method in, in the standard library. Like they can tell you what all these things are, but they can't tell you when is the appropriate time to use them. Right. Like a, I feel like a, a junior developer or an entry level developer is not going to know that the thing exists or when they should use it. And then as soon as they learn how to use it, they want to use it for everything. Uh, no problem. Too big, too small, you know, just regular expression at it and it's solved. <laughs> Right. The intermediate developer, in my opinion, is someone who has enough experience that they have learned the general scope of whatever it is they're working with. You can be a, you can be a intermediate developer in one arena and then a junior level developer in another, depending on the language that I, I think your ability to excel into that area you won't be a junior for long because yeah. a lot of stuff can be applied but i think you have to come in knowing like okay let me let me learn the the foundational stuff and then work my way up hmm. yeah I, biggest i i totally agree with everything you're saying um but i think it also i think this points out a an issue with our industry that um i wouldn't say i have a problem with but i recognize that it it is something that we need to talk about and that is, like, what's the standard? Right? Uh-huh. So, I go to medical school for 100 years, and I come out, and I am a surgeon. Right? A surgeon of, like, whatever, neurology or whatever the case is. Right? I go to law school for however long, and I come out as a, you know, legal counsel of this and a JD, whatever, whatever. But, like... Like, this is my title, and I have, like, credentials and certifications or whatever the case is to prove that. But I find, like, in our industry, for some reason, like, there's just, there's not a standard. At least there's not a measurable standard, right? Because, like, so let me let me show you, for example. Like, I've had all of these titles at some point in time in my career. I was an analyst, a, a developer analyst. <laughs> I was a developer. I was an engineer. I was a senior engineer. I was a senior developer. Um, and now I'm uh, uh, a cloud advocate, right? Just listening to those, like, like what's the difference? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But what, no, but what's the difference? You know what I mean? Other than, like, I got one before the other, what's the difference? Like, and how can you tell? And as you go between companies, right, who's even to say the definition of that thing is the same, right? Which I think gets really confusing. And not only is it confusing for us who are in the role, but I think it's also confusing for the people that are like, hey, I want to be a this thing, right? Like I want to be an engineer, a developer, or whatever the case is, right? And so kind of going back to what I was saying before, right? Like you have to know what you want to do, which I think is important. Like, I want to solve this problem. I want to be a security person. I want to be a web person. You know what I mean? I want to write software for podcasts, right? But then it becomes very difficult in our industry in general because we don't have a standardized hierarchy or definition of what it even means to be in this industry. I think going down that road is uh, a doctor has a pathway. You know, you're a you're a medical student, you're a postgrad, you're an intern, you're a resident, you're whatever, you know, house. <laughs> then you have like a lawyer, again, intern, just standard attorney kind of thing. Then you have partner. Then your name is on the, you know, wall. For developers, that roadmap is all over the place. It's, it's not even just a matter of like what, what defines that definition of like whatever job you're doing. It is what is the proper, quote unquote, proper pathway 
to go about getting into the industry. And I mean, that's a thing that I have personally struggled with because my, my job title right now is e-commerce specialist. Right. There's, there's no, I don't get paid to write code. I write the code to, to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, when I apply to a company and I say, I want to be a software engineer or I want to be a developer advocate, if they look at my history, they go, okay, data network specialist, system administrator, e-commerce specialist. That doesn't seem like a traditional pathway. So then they go, okay, maybe you should apply for like a junior developer role. But then you take like some type of coding comprehension quiz and they're like, oh, we can't afford you at the junior developer level. You're too, you're overqualified for that. So then you need to hire, you need to apply for mid-level roles. Well, I don't really see very many job openings for mid-level developer. Like there some government stuff, some of the larger, larger companies they can hire for them, but usually you see junior, just whatever the standard phrasing, just software engineer or senior. And because of that, you have people that have gone into the industry from different pathways saying, based on the code that I've seen you write, you should be this. Somebody that has a, you know, four year degree, you know, has a master's or whatever might look at the code or might look at how you structure it and say, Hey, your big O notation is all over the place here. This is wrong. You're probably still a junior. And then someone that may have gone in from the boot camp route looks at it and goes, Wow, this is above my head. You know, you could probably be a good senior. And it's like, I, I can't be both. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that it's hard to set a standard when everyone's standards are different, but also is not the idea of setting standards a little bit of gatekeeping. And that becomes a problem. Because who who manages that? And you're completely right. Um, There's definitely good and bad sides to to standardization of things, for sure. And I agree with it. Um, it It does result in gatekeeping. But then... Also look at it from another perspective in that I might be a senior in Florida. I might be a team lead in Florida. I might be an architect in the state of Florida. But for whatever reason, if I go to New York or California or Texas or Seattle, they might look at me and say, well, no, you're not a senior. You're a something else. Right? Mm-hmm. And... Well, because the standards are different, right? So now, from a psychological perspective, how does that affect you that even though you might be getting a new job that pays you more money, right? Because, you know, different locations pay different standards of, of compensation. Even though you might be getting more money, your title has gone from senior to something that's lower than a senior. Like yeah. a developer two or engineer two or a tester two or whatever the case is, right? Like, like how does that affect you psychologically? Because again, like, yeah, money is one thing, but you know, when someone looks at your resume and looks at your timeline and they're like, yo, this dude just went from a senior team lead to like an engineer two, like what's, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So is, is that, is that a progression? Or is that is that a lateral move? Like, like, what does it look like? Because on your resume, on your, you know, on your on your career path, like, there's no dollar figure next to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not saying, well, he used to make like fifty thousand, now he made eighty thousand, and now he's making one hundred twenty thousand. It says, you know, it'll say junior, senior, senior, level two. Yeah, and people could be like, well, what's what's going on with this dude? Like, what's happening here? Right. And it's happened. I've seen it happen. (laughs) Right. Just from folks going over to different companies. And again, like, I think, I think a lot about outside of the software, like, what is, like, how does that affect you psychologically? Like, is it a, okay, well, I'll just take it and do it for now because it's good for my family? Or does it put you in a mindset of, hey, I have a goal and my goal is to be CTO. Right. Or, you know, executive director of software engineering but instead of taking a step up i've taken a step backwards does that look like a step backwards or does it look like a step forward and i don't know because we don't have standards you know what i mean and so 
I agree that there is some gatekeeping, but then I also agree from the other side of it, like that could, you know, it makes it hard for folks to stay on a, a steady career path if like the path is jagged. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the idea of solidifying kind of like the role and, and I would even almost say like the wage based on where you are. I mean, to me, that, that always sounds great. Cause I mean, I come from a military background. Like yeah. that's, that's like one of the best things about a military, but like at the end of the day, a, a corporal is a corporal. A corporal is always going to be above a lance corporal. A sergeant's always going to be above a corporal. Right. In certain units. And a good example of this, I was the, when the 9.0 earthquake hit Japan, uh, I think it was 2011, 2010, 2011, one of those times. Um, I was stationed in Japan at the time. We were on deployment. And what we had to do, basically, because we were in like rapid response mode, was split the team up. I had just been promoted. I was a corporal. I was at E4. Right. At that time, I was I was sent out to go like help this little island called Oshima. And wonderful spot. Love it. Want to go visit it again someday completely ravaged it was me and our lieutenant as like the leadership of the team that went out the communications team right so at that moment i received i got awarded for that for acting as a communications chief which is a billet and a bill is kind of like a, a role it was a role that wasn't reserved for a rank that was four ranks higher than what i was at right so then you start to run into these issues where you have like sergeants who have never done that. You have people who rank outrank you, but in terms of knowledge, in terms of skill set, and in terms of experience, you have more than them, but you still have to fall in line. Right. You can go and and that's one of the funniest things ever is when you hear about like E6s and E7s working at like the Pentagon where everybody's a general. And hey, they're the person at the bottom of the totem pole. That means when it comes time to sweep the floors and take out the trash, you might have been in the Marine Corps for 18 years. Guess what? You're the one sweeping up the floors and taking out the trash. Yeah. And, and I think that that type of mentality in something as complex as like the U.S. military, it, there needs to be some kind of firm structure but in terms of development i i always want to caution against that because it, it just seems like what you know you talked about what happens when you have like a senior role and you just go to like that to an engineer too what also happens when you're that kid in your room and you want to build an app but you know, you don't, you don't know, like you don't have any knowledge. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like if you're told like, oh yeah, you know, that's something that like senior engineers, you know, you need to learn, learn the steps and learn the ropes. Like, nah, just, just go build the thing. So I, I think not having the gates there allow for those who are truly hungry to say, you know, to hell with the job title. I'm here to do a job. I'm here to, I'm here to get something done. And I hate it for them sometimes because I know that those tend to be the people that get taken advantage of in the industry because they just want to do the thing. They're just passionate about what they're doing. So they'll take whatever job they can so that they can do their thing. But at the same time, I would rather have them in the industry instead of having them filtered out by, oh, well, you know, you're not going to be able to, to lead this team until you have 12 years experience and you've held this job title in the past. Right. Yeah, this is one of those topics that I think like I don't have a strong opinion on and I don't have any answers to it <laughs> but I, I think even though even though I don't have answers to the thing I think it's still important for us to talk about it because you know I mean I'm, I'm a fan of creative thought right and creative thought comes from conversation with other people and I definitely love to know what other folks think you know if, if you folks are listening to us right now I definitely love to know what you think about this topic because again like I don't have the answers but I think it's something that we need to address and and here's also to why I wanted to start with that topic because I wanted I wanted to lead into something else, and that is a big conversation that folks are having now is representation and technology. Representation from you know people talk about diversity and inclusion and 
whatever you whatever you want to call it or label it as whatever the case is but at the end of the day like there's a concern about representation from folks from different backgrounds and races and genders and identities and cultures and all of this type of stuff would it help us all if there was more standardization in technology would it help representation of folks from different places here's 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 an example here's a personal example i'm not from this country i wasn't born in the united states i came from another country i got a h1b visa and i went through the whole process and now i i'm here legally <laughs> with a green card right i was always legal it's just just fyi <laughs> i was always legal but now i have a green card i'm not like being sponsored or anything of the sort but one of the things that happened to me along my path was you know i i was at a job for five a little bit over five years um prior to getting a green card and i was on a visa so i was being sponsored by a company to stay here and work and you know i would argue with you that i was a lot better than some of the other folks on the team you know what I mean? that's my personal opinion but you know over the years i watched folks come and go as in like they'd come in lower than me and they'd end up higher than me they come in lower than me and all of a sudden i'm reporting to them and i'm just like what's happening here <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um but then i couldn't move right because i had this visa situation that i had to sort of and so but i'm like how is it how is it that i could be here for all of these years you know clear all these projects do all of these things but then i don't have the opportunities to move forward like other people did right so now i go back to psychologically like that's messy with my head like is there something wrong with me is my work not good enough you know what i mean like am i not living up to the standard what is the standard? I don't know. Do we have a standard? Probably not. Right? So now, is it just purely based on the discretion of your manager? Like, are we friends or not? <laughs> right? <laughs> for me to meet whatever the, the hypothetical standard is for me to move forward. Is that a thing? I don't know. And then now, when I, was, when I had the, the privilege of getting a green card. I like to call that a privilege because not everyone gets that opportunity. I had the privilege of getting a green card and was able to look at other options. And I was able to not take a lateral move, but I was able to take a, a step forward, right? Why is it that I couldn't take a step forward where I was at that moment? What was that about, right? I think it's more than just about... having the experience, well, I mean, obviously having experience, but more than just having tenure, right? More than just, you know, being able to do the work. But I think a part of it is sometimes, right? We have, we use this looseness of standards or lack of standards in our industry to, to hold people back, right? So, you know, it's one of those when you go into a company and they're like, everyone's an engineer. Whether you came in yesterday or if you came in 10 years ago, everyone's an engineer. Like some people do that. <laughs> and I was like, well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like where, where do I sit in terms of a career path and a career tra trajectory? And again, like psychologically, now I started to question myself. Like, well, am I not doing the right thing? Am I, I mean, my products were on time. They worked. <laughs> Right. Like I didn't have a ton of complaints and bugs to fix and things of that nature. Um, what's what's the problem? You know what I mean? And then how is it that someone else on the other side saw me to be better than the company that I was at for five years? Right? Like have you seen situations like that? Like have you been at places where you have been there for a number of years? Um and then for one reason or another, people just don't see your value. But someone else on the outside is like, we see your value. We'll pay you what you're worth and more if you come over and hang out with us. Has that happened to you before? I mean, that that is the story of where I'm at now. Where again, you know, I started as a system administrator. I'm like finding ways to to create 
code opportunities. But I'm, I'm told, hey, your job title is system slash SharePoint administrator. I'm like, I didn't get hired to be a SharePoint administrator. I don't know how you dumped this on me. I, I'm, I'm just here. I'm here because it's my job. But I'm really interested in this thing. All of a sudden, I start seeing contractors come in and saying, hey, you know, we want to build a web app. I'm like, hey, I, perfect opportunity. Give me a shot. I got this. You know, I don't know. I don't know Swift. I don't know Xamarin or anything like that. I will learn it. Just let me let me sit in with the contractor so we have someone on the inside. Right. And they're like, nah. And then the 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 straw that broke the camel's back was, you know, our company is very corporate, high, high class corporate. They do what corporate people do, you know. Director of IT comes in with the VP of, of information services and, and the CEO and some old white dudes that I don't know. And they come in and they go, Oh, this is Jay. Jay and uh, another one of our employees names, Carrie. Uh, this is our help desk. And I, I just stopped. I'm like, well, hold up. I'm not a help desk technician. I'm a system administrator. Like, you you don't see me as more than than just help desk. In your eyes, I am literally just there for the tickets. I'm not there to actually solve problems and manage systems. And then our marketing department lost the e-commerce specialist. So then we're allowed to apply for lateral positions. I applied. And when they asked me, you're an IT person. What do you know about marketing? And I said, well, I've had enough conversations with you to know that you find some value in me. So I have obviously sold myself to you as a potential option. The more you can get to learn what I have in store, the more I think you'll find that I am probably the best choice for you. But you have to make that decision. And he was like, damn, dude, that's that's good marketing right there. And I was just like, all right, well, there we go. And then from there, he was like, but what can you provide in terms of, of value to it? And I looked at the system that they had and I just said, hey, look, I know that as the person who fixes your computers, I see that these are some of the issues that y'all have. Y'all have this huge problem with images just being way out of whack and not being consistent. I have tools that will, that I could literally apply to all of your image sets and make them consistent. And they're like, you could do that? I was like, yeah, I could do that. And he's like, all right. So now I went from being in IT, wanting to write code to, to make our systems better and, and being told nah to going outside of IT to go into marketing and then being told, wait a minute, you have some way that you can make our experience better? We don't care what it is. Sure, do it. And I guess to me, it's embarrassing that I had to leave what we would consider the tech space before I could start getting paid for the code that I write. So, I mean, it it has definitely happened to me of, of being like undervalued or feeling undervalued and being just cut off and then going somewhere else where it doesn't seem like that value's there, but then I have the opportunities to do exactly what I want to be paid to do. Yeah, I think a lot of things happen when we don't have these standards, right? And like, so kind of like what your example is, when we don't have standards or when we have excuses not to, to level people up, what happens, right? Like you probably end up doing more work than what's in your job description. Mm-hmm. You don't get paid for the work that you do that's outside of your job description. Right. <laughs> right. And then you also look at everyone else's friend that came after you or at the same time as you move forward faster than you do without any logical reason. Right. I'm not saying this happens all the time, but it happens often enough for us to, to need to talk about. It. Right. And for new folks, I think this is even so much more important to recognize because emotionally, like, it's very disturbing, right? Like, again, just like, just like anything, right? Like any field that you go into, 
and you're the new person, I don't care whoever you think you are, whether you're the tough guy or tough person or whatever the case is, like you're more emotionally sensitive about your work when you're the new person. Mm-hmm. So when the senior person says, you are not good enough, you're not getting a promotion. Or when the director says, you're not good enough, you're not getting a promotion. And they might not say that directly, but they say it's with action, right? Because someone got it and you didn't get it. I mean, how does that make you feel? And does that make you feel like, hey, I belong in this space? I want to stay working in this space? Does it make you feel like, man, I'm putting in a whole lot of work, man, and I ain't going nowhere? Like, what? Is, like, what do we, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Maybe I should go and, like, look at another field or another industry. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm not I'm saying not this happens all the time, but it happens enough for us to talk about it. I would love to answer that question, but I'm, I'm still trying to get that first developer job. So it's like I get paid to write code, but I'm not, I'm not considered a developer. Like yeah. I'm, I'm considered an e-commerce specialist. I'm not getting compensated like a developer, even though I'm writing code. Like I'm writing, like I've managed libraries of code that I've written to, yeah. to do these things, but I'm not seen as it. I'm not compensated for it. And in my role, they're like, okay, that's great. How many images did you upload to the website? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's what they care about. They don't care about the, the ones and zeros. <laughs> right. And so, and so when we see this thing type of stuff happens, like this is a prime, like source of nepotism, right? It's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's nepotism, right? It's, mm-hmm. oh, here, yo, yo, my cousin's coming through. He's going to get this manager job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Never seen a system before. He's going to get this job. You know, my, my, my daughter or my girlfriend or my, you know, my, some person in my family, they got to get this job. And you're sitting back like, yo, what is happening here? <laughs> like, for real? Like, that's what we're trying to do right now? Okay. Whatever. Right. And then, then what happens is that you look to the left or the right. And the next company is like, yo, Jay, come over here, man. I'm going to take care of you real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, you know, what's going to happen? And I mean, you know, and you know, for folks that are listening, I know it might sound like we're going off on a rant, but these are these are real things that happen to people. You gotta look to your left or your right at some point and you're gonna get an interesting offer. And then your company is just like, they offered you how much? <laughs> we can match that. And you're like, oh now you can match that. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> now you wanna now you wanna have this conversation? Like, what have you been doing this whole time, man? Like, what is going on for real? You know what I mean? And again, a lot of this, a lot of this just kind of boils down to the point of, you know, as, as people, like we, we love to know that we're appreciated. It's important for us to know that we're appreciated because it's important for us to know when we're doing the right things. And, and not just for the sake of, you know, even just promotion or whatever the case is, but, you know, even for just for the sake of learning, right? Right. Like, am I, am I learning the right things? Is it taking me down the path that I want to go down? You know what I mean? Um, and like I'd always say, like, with, with, um, with comfort comes confidence, right? Like, do I feel comfortable in this job? Do I feel, com- do I feel confident that I'm doing the right things that I need to do? And do I want to continue doing that? Do I want to continue doing it in this team with this company? Right. And for a lot of, again, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the card, right? <laughs> for a lot of people of color, for a lot of women from a lot of immigrants and international folks, a lot of the times they get taken advantage of. And a lot of times, you know, they, they feel like they don't belong in this space. Right. And so it's, it's definitely an issue that I think we should all be cognizant of. Sometimes it's a sub- subconscious bias, right? Like I completely believe in subconscious biases. You know, which is, you know, you're doing the thing, but you, maybe you don't recognize how it's affecting the other people around you. You know what I mean? So you, maybe you didn't do it intentionally, but it doesn't matter. You still did it, right? And now you have to be, you have to have the emotional intelligence to be able to read the room and be like, oh man, I forgot about Jay, man. Like he's been here for a long time and I forgot, I didn't take care of him. And what happens if you don't take care of somebody? They gotta go somewhere else. They gotta find somewhere else that's so gonna take care of them. Because like who wants to stay in a place that they don't feel comfortable in? 
Who wants to right. stay in a place that they don't feel appreciated in? You know what I'm saying? So again, if if we have any employers that are listening, like I'm talking to you <laughs> very specifically, you know. And I'm not saying this because I have a problem, because I'm fine. You know? Uh, but you know, I've I've had a lot of friends, I've had a lot of folks from different backgrounds, you know, have to go through these things and and it really has nothing to do with work, right? It doesn't have to do with work and it doesn't even have to do with their attitude. Like you can do all the right things and you can hit the check boxes. You can be a good teammate and you can ship your code on time and you can be a good communicator and you can know all the syntax and APIs that you need to know. And still someone comes from the corner and like passes over you and you're just like, what in the world just happened? I was, I was just thinking about that too. And, and a good example of that is I spoke with a developer advocate for, for a company and they're like, Hey, you know, what's going on? I said, Hey, I want to be a developer advocate. What, what does it take to get there? What's that path? What is that career path? And they're like, well, why do you want to be a developer advocate? And I was like, well, let's see. I have fun writing code. I have fun showing people the code that I've written and helping them to write similar code. I do a podcast. I've been podcasting for years. I, I have been advocating for developers and not getting paid for it. I have been doing this for so long. Yeah. I feel like I can do it. And their response to me was, what's your current title? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, like, well, I'm an e-commerce specialist. I'm like, all right. You need to be, you need to, to go in somewhere, get an internship or, or become a junior developer. Learn, learn the code base, get promoted up to senior developer, and then start looking at developer advocate roles because no one's going to take you seriously if you're not mid to senior level. And at that point, it was like the door literally just closed in my face. Now, later on, I learned that that person was full of it. And like, yeah. that's not necessarily the pathway for everybody, but that's the fear that I have when it comes to like gatekeeping and standardizing. Because then if you're telling me that as a husband and a, and a father, I got, I got to take care of my family. I got to provide for my family. You know, that is one, those are my responsibilities. If you're telling me that I have to drop from, you know, a, a level of comfort, take a massive pay cut just to start the process. And it's going to take me another 10 years to get to, to where I'm just to where I want to be. Like th- we, we've shut the door. So I, I think that standardizing the process is great if everybody's starting from the same spot. But the problem is, is we have more and more people coming in from different places yeah. that are saying, how, how does my, how do my skills apply? Right. Right. I think, and again, I, I said this before, I don't have any good answers. <laughs> but yeah, but just because we don't have good answers doesn't mean we can't have the conversation. Right. Because within conversation, hopefully maybe we could, maybe some group of folks, maybe the folks that are listening to this podcast right now, maybe they might have an answer that might be, you know, that might be viable. Or maybe they, maybe they go and they share it with someone that's in their, their team or their company and they might have an answer that's viable. I don't know, but you know, it it is definitely something that we need to talk about. Um, so Jay, next question I want to ask you. So with, with all that you've said before, you know, and obviously we've we've all had different experiences in our careers and in technology and, and all these types of things. What's the thing that keeps you here? Other than the paycheck, you know, what is the thing that keeps you in this field and not like taking off and going and doing something else? Well, you got to remember, I'm not even in the field. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like on the stands, like watching the game <laughs> being like, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I can do that. <laughs> What keeps yeah. so that that's a that's a good question because I've been I've been trying to land a developer job for four years now. And just just hasn't happened yet. I don't know what keeps me in. Now the thing that keeps me in is just pure arrogance. Like <laughs> I know I can do this. <laughs> like right. I'm gonna write code that's better than your senior developer's code. And then when you look at it and you go, dang. Who's he work for? I'm like, nah, man. I'm I'm just uploading images to the internet. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Like that is, and, and again, it's, it's the thing that a lot of black folks are just taught. Like you got to work two, three times as hard to get half as far. And so for me, a lot of it was just like chalk it up to the game. That's how it is. But more and more, I'm starting to see like when your mentors are looking at the code that you wrote and they're like, why did you do this? And you can explain it and they go, dang, that's really smart. And you're like, yeah. oh, look, the, the, the student has become the teacher. Like that is, that is the feeling that you get. And in my mind, I'm like, the thing that keeps me there is the fact that I know I can do it. And at this point, I want the opportunity to show it. Right. I mean, I've, I've made a, I've made a long life of, of people telling me that I can't do something. And, uh, to quote, to quote the prophet Bruno Mars, don't believe me, just watch Mm -hmm. like, right. And, you know, in terms of even talking about quoting like artists and stuff, like I was listening to a song. I listened to a lot of hip hop music, surprisingly. Right. (laughs) And I was listening to this old Jay-Z song. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's a song I've heard. It's an old song. I've heard it before. But, you know, music has this way of, like, in the moment, you might listen to the same song and you hear something different. And you're like, yes, like, that is, that means so much more to me now than it did, like, three, four years ago. Because the context is different. Your life is in a different place. And Jay-Z had this lyric and it said, you know, show me how to move in a room full of vultures. The industry's yeah. shady. It needs to be taken over. Right. And I was like, and I was just in that mood, right, at that time of day. And I was just like, that is exactly how I feel about technology sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like this industry is shady and it needs to be taken over, right? Like, we need, to, we need to figure out a way that the people that are doing the work can get acknowledged for the work that they're doing, mm-hmm. right? With the right standard, but I mean, we need to find a way, I guess, to have standards without having a, a lockdown standard. Maybe we need like a loose standard, but not yeah. too loose. Maybe like a semi-strict standard. Right? <laughs> again, I don't know. I don't I'm just, I'm just standard. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, again, I'm just, I'm just talking off the, off the cuff, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. It probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, I don't have the answers. But, you know, like the people that do the work need to get acknowledged for the work that they do. Definitely. Period. Period. And that's all. That's all it is. It's. I mean, that's it. Full stop. Right. And you know, the people that are uncles and cousins and sisters and whatever the case is, shouldn't just get it by default. Right. Like they should do the work too. Right. Yeah. And we need to. We need, we need to find a way to hold each other accountable. We need to find a way to hold each other. Um. You know, with the same. You know, in the same regard for whatever effort that people are putting in, we need to, and I don't know what that is, but we need to, we need to sort that out. I had a, a similar conversation with someone, um, I think it was a couple of weeks back and we were, we were talking about what is the responsibility of those that are in that position to do, to do something. And yeah. I, I think about all the backlash that Jordan Peele got. When he said, you know, now that I'm a movie producer, I'm going to make roles for black people. And people were like, whoa, that's messed up. You can't do that. And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I've had to work so hard to get to this point. And I've watched so many people, so many of my peers move up before me. So I need to create a lane for my brothers and sisters. So that they can, they don't have to work as hard as I did to get to where I am because no one else is working that hard. And it's not to say that we should encourage laziness. No, we should demand the best from, you know, whoever it is we're working with. But the thing right. is, we should, like you said, we should acknowledge when the best is being given and we should, we should work to make sure that those people are represented and that they are seen. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So for folks that are listening, I think this episode might be a little bit different to, to some of the other ones that you might have heard on, on this show and even maybe on, on, on other shows. And I think because the goal really was 
the goal here was really just to like inspire thoughts, right? Like this, I, I, I really don't have an advice, any specific advice. I don't really have a, a lot of answers for this particular topic. But I do, again, like I keep saying, I've repeated this multiple times. I do think it's something that we need to talk about. It's, it is something that we all need to think about um, because there is such a thing as subconscious bias and even, you know, obviously conscious bias, right? And how do we, how do we deal with that, right? And how do we make sure that, you know, people that are, are putting in their best efforts and are doing good, hard work get rewarded for their work and they're respected for their work and appreciated for their work. And that is today's message brought to you by the letter A. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I like it. Maybe I like we should it. cut that off. But but that, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about today. So, so Jay, before we cut off, because we've been here for about an hour, and I know we could keep rambling on this for a little bit. But do you have any closing thoughts or you know, any words of wisdoms that you'd like to share with the folks that are listening to us right now? As much as we've talked about the idea of, of, you know, clearing the way, defining the path, making it easier to understand where you are on the journey. I think it's so important to recognize that you are on that journey. Um, that's something, you know, we talked about, you can be a neurosurgeon, a brain surgeon, a heart surgeon. Before any of that, you're a doctor. You know, we have, we put so much so much importance on the job title that we forget that we're all developers. You know, I, I often tell people like, after you write that first hello world statement, congratulations, you've become a developer. You've met, you've met the minimum requirement. You have written code. You are a, <laughs> you are a coder. Yeah. You may not be a professional. That's fine. But no one can take away the fact that you are a developer. I am a developer. I tell people I am a developer. I actually tell people I'm a, a whole bunch of things. I'm a multi-potentialite. I have, I have all the potential to do a bunch of things. I like that. Multi-potentialite. Yeah, I stole that from Emily Wapnick. She has a great book, <laughs> How to Be Everything. Nice. But the thing that I have learned in the seven years that I've been writing code is that I was a developer for a long time, but I didn't believe I was a developer. Now I know I'm a developer and no one can take that from me. At the end of the day, they can be like, well, you're an e-commerce. No, 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 no. I'm a developer. My job title may not be software engineer or whatever, but I have, I have built the things. Some of them are in the wild. Some of them are not. If, if someone wants to test me, go ahead. Because at the end of the day, you can call me whatever you want, but I know to myself that I'm a developer. So I think that would be my closing thought is like as much value as we put on the title, just remember that we're all part of that, that one title. So in that way, we're, we're even, we're equal. That person that has that million dollar app in the app store, that person that has dreams of building that million dollar app in the app store. And a level you're equal. You mentioned a, a, a hip hop line. I was I was thinking as soon as you said that about a line that J. Cole put in on Snow on the Bluff on his, his one of his latest tracks. He talks about because I'm a celebrity, you think that that I'm like a genius. You think that I, I can lead a movement, but my IQ is average. <laughs> He's like just just because I just because I'm in this position doesn't make me any better or any more able or capable than anyone else out there. I, I might as well just be another person on the street. So to the people that are in that position, don't let that position prevent you from seeing the people that aren't there as your equal. Maybe not by profession, but in terms of humanity, we're all people. In terms of, of the passion that we have for it, we're all developers. The person that does it nine to five, the person that does it, you know, two o'clock in the morning in their office. That's all I got. And I think that's a good word, man. And that is a great place for us to stop today. I hope everyone has enjoyed this conversation. Um, you know, if you like it, I love it. Share it with your folks, share it for your friends, share it with your coworkers. And if you're the one with the answers, let me know because I don't have them. <laughs> there you go. Somebody has to have them. Somebody will come up with them. But hopefully someone will figure it out and we could all be better because of it. But thank you for listening to the podcast. And hopefully... You'll check out the, the main episode 
and all the other episodes that are, that are on the show. So thank you for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon.